grated. For a long time. Yeah. I don't know why, but I like gravitated towards Chewbacca naturally. And like, yeah. Now that I have this mug and I've looked at him this at the same position for literally years. Yeah. <laughs> Chewbacca is my favorite. Yeah. You just like uh, enjoy his character design, or I don't know. I just like Chewbacca. I think he's like he's, he's your guy. He's like my kind of he's my kind of dude. You know? I think. I mean, he's a little. He's no bullshit, which he's, I appreciate. He's loyal. Trustworthy, yeah, funny, yeah. got good comedic timing, also. and he's tall enough to use force perspective, oh, which is what we're wow, talking way about. To tie it in there. Oh my god, this podcast gets better and better. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're talking about force perspective today, yeah. <laughs> and yep, we're also, we, yep, we are, <laughs> <laughs> and we're also trying to talk a little bit about um, uh, peaking, which is a cool. Uh, thing not peeking duck, not peeking, <laughs> and not um, P E E or P E E, yeah, P E E K, peeking, peak, like you're not peeking, like you're not peeking around like a, a peak. corner, it's a peak, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is going so well. This is the best start we've had in a podcast. <laughs> yes, um, peeking, like as peaking. a peak of the mountain, correct. Yes. So, I would like to jump into peaking to just define what that is, and then it kind of relates to forced perspective, and we can jump from there. Um, totally. So, peaking is a um, technique in themed entertainment that uh, essentially locates the, in the book, they call it themed tops of inaccessible elements. Um, it's really about hiding elements beyond. Um, so, like if something um, is behind a facade that you don't want to see. How like a do you show building. A giant show building is back there and we don't want the guests to know that it's a giant show building back there. How can we hide that or disguise that, right? Um, so one of the one of the early examples of peaking, I think one of the first, technically. It's the first, <laughs> the yeah. first is uh, Small World. Um, and actually in the book, uh, it's Raleigh, Raleigh Crump, who if you don't know Raleigh Crump, please look up Raleigh Crump. He's a legend. Um, essentially he, he was designing the facade for it's a small world. And they said, instead of going around to the table all the time, why don't we, why don't I set the tray on top of the model? So he had this tray of trees. Okay. Yeah. And they were decking out the model. They wanted to put on the model and they were like tired of walking around the model. So they put it on top and let alone, uh, Walt walks up early apparently and he notices that the trees are on top of the building and he goes, it's brilliant. Why don't we just leave it up there? Cause now nobody thinks it's a show. Yeah, building like, I really there. like what you've done here. <laughs> and apparently it was a completely a mistake. Oh, that totally. They left they were the just tired model of leaving the trees, trees on, on there and it just happened to be a happy accident that it was, was like, so Oh funny. yeah, we can actually put, you know, vegetation up here to like hide this huge gigantic show That's, building. The funny thing in themed entertainment is like, what we're building does not need to be fully functional in a lot of these things. So like we can put, or we can make things smaller up top or we can put things on top of buildings, even though they have no right of being there, but it just makes sense because we're controlling the viewer. So right. we can like, right. <laughs> nobody's going to be up there. Ever. Yeah. It's <laughs> so. like, it's almost like a camera's point of view in a film, yeah. right? It's telling you where to look. It's like, obviously it's a little bit more expansive than that because a guest can look around yeah, 360 to degrees. To the right or the left. Yeah. Yeah. But you're basically containing them within an area. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a small world. Like most people don't even realize that the show building is literally directly behind <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that big facade and like mm-hmm. the tra- where the train comes through and everything because the entire thing is kitted out with vegetation and trees and yep. just to hide that entire show building. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great <laughs> technique. Uh, a big, 
another big example is Mickey's Toontown. Right. A very obvious technique, but there's a giant, I think it's a, is a parking structure or a show building or parade it's building? It's Team Disney. It's the offices it's the back offices. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was just a giant building. office building <laughs> that they needed so to what disguise. Do do? Which I mean, that's the thing with Disneyland. It's like Disneyland is in a neighborhood. Like oh, yeah. it is in the middle of a city in a neighborhood. There's, there's a giant holiday inside. There is, you. right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like Disney World, it's obviously a lot more like mm-hmm. they have, they can take down and put up. I mean, they still have issues with like being able to see, you know, parks. There, yeah, and, there and is they mention another. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's another example in here. Uh, oh, sorry. We'll finish Toontown. Toontown, they essentially put the cartoon hills and they just plastered flats on the side of the Which building. is so convincing oh totally and so transportive like mm-hmm. i remember the first time i ever walked back into toontown back there i was like blown away i was like i feel like i'm in a cartoon yeah like those and if those hills were not there i think i would feel differently about totally. it well well i think they're down currently right now because they no of, longer exist and they will not exist <laughs> you don't think they're gonna put <laughs> they them back will up not. no i don't think so because so that building weird. doesn't exist anymore they tore down that building and team they, disney that building, yeah, yeah. They tore down. No, the, no, 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 no. They they the tore live, down the, they, the live entertainment office. Yes. It's no, no, still no. there. No, no, no. Not, That's the not, building that you can see. But they plastered it on an office building. The the hills were plastered on an office oh, building. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And that building they had to tear down to bring in the new Mickey's Runaway Rail. Gotcha. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, but I mean, I'm pretty so sure they'll probably put it on top of Mickey's Runaway Rail. I'm not sure. I don't know. I just I don't, don't think that space on. will be as convincing without those hills. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I they better know. bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's another uh, good example of peaking. The uh, the um, the inverse example is actually Morocco Pavilion. Um, they actually use peaking to disguise. Uh, Tower of Terror, right? Right, which is in a completely different park mm-hmm. across the street. You yeah. know, like uh, I don't think people necessarily realize. Sometimes we're in the park that uh, when you're at the back of Epcot, Hollywood Studios is not that far away. Actually, mm-hmm. it's only you know a road and some trees yeah. and a parking lot away. Um, so yeah, Tower of Terror is back there, and you can see Tower of Terror when you're in the Morocco yeah. Pavilion, which is crazy because a lot of what um, themed entertainment or especially when you're building a theme park you look at visual intrusions Mm -hmm. that's a thing i mean you have to get in the model and look like and think about is there a light pole outside of our theme park is there a sign is there a billboard sign or is there a tall what tall buildings are near us right i mean especially in orlando if you don't have a lot of space you got to think about all those hotel buildings that you need to somehow hide you know like you don't want to see the Holiday Inn or the Marriott sign up there while you're in <laughs> yeah. the middle of it kind of fantasy takes you out land. Of it. Yeah. yeah, nobody wants um, to see that. So what they ended up doing with Tower of Terror is they actually took into context the um, color scheme of the Morocco Pavilion and yeah. painted Tower of Terror to kind of blend in mm-hmm. with um, the Morocco Pavilion um, Which to create uh, that. Really? kind of peaking <laughs> effect of something in the background of the Morocco pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the level that Disney just goes to. You know, right. Right. Which I think is, I think is really amazing that something in another park is literally affecting, affecting something <laughs> else park. in another park. Yeah. I think that's really, <laughs> yeah. really cool. It's really um, cool. But I think it's also a good segue into force perspective. Yes. Which, uh, force perspective is a old school technique. It was really used again. It's, 
everything derives from the movies back in the day, right? In 1950s, they were all like pulling from whatever they knew, which at that time was movies. And when you were building movie sets, you didn't actually build like the second and third floor to be scale because you didn't freaking need to. Yeah. Right? So what they've kind of done here is uh, taken that idea of a typical movie set Main Street, USA. Main Street, we could use as an example yeah, for every single so technique good. ever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, Main Street, obviously, the first floor is is 12 feet high. The second floor is 10 feet. And the third floor is 8 feet, right? And as you go up, each window gets smaller and smaller. But right. the, the change is not significant enough for you to notice. And there isn't a real window next to it for you to compare to. So your eye is fooled to thinking that it's a taller building than what it is. Right. right? So um, force perspective, it's basically deliberately altering the scale of some element in your park basically to trick the guest into misjudging the um, perspective of it and then therefore it makes whatever you're designing look bigger or smaller yeah um and it, or nearer or further away as well. It's it's crazy because, you know, it's been 70 years since it was like implemented in a theme park and there still is not a formula to like actually like figure it out. Yeah, I mean, no. It's there's all... a mathematical like you can like do the math to like, you know, the distance from this yeah. should be this. So it what should make this it high. Says, uh, the simple rule is have that halving having um, the height doubles the implied distance. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they say that it's actually, and I've done this before in theater too, is that it, it's more just about eyeballing it. it. It's crazy that forced perspective does, I mean, yeah, the mathematical equation exists, but even if you do the mathematical equation and you put it next to something, or if it's sitting above something, or if it's taken out of context, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, it just does Yeah, it definitely um, is very influenced about what it, is that, around it. That's why you see New Fantasyland has a big fucking oopsie. And, <laughs> yeah. and that was built in 20 what 2012 and yeah it's like that's it brand new and we I still would love to talk to somebody about that one because um in the context here we're talking about um particularly the br guest restaurant with the beast castle on mm. top of the restaurant yeah um i jacob and i both don't think that the uh Force perspective on that works. I for, think a lot of people don't think. It works. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> Not I to also speak for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, some of it. I wonder. It's like you see the big castle, right? You're seeing Cinderella's castle there, and then you see Ariel's castle, which is like a half scale, like it's tinier, mm-hmm. um, but it works with the landscape around it. Mm-hmm. And then the Beast Castle is so tiny compared to them that I think that. It didn't help itself in that regard, just generally that it's yeah. got these other two, you know, pretty well done castles. Yeah, you're you're taking something that's so massive because Disney's or uh, Beast Castle is it's huge. huge. It's probably the biggest of it's, the castles. I mean, right? look at it in the movie; it's massive. Massive. <laughs> it's like massive. the biggest thing ever. Like, so I'm pretty sure Cinderella's castle could fit inside the library of the Beast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, as a guest, you have that preconceived notion that this castle is massive, right? And right. then you look at it, and you're like, "Okay, that's dinky." Um, and I, I, we talk about context and forced perspective. Like, if you see Ariel's castle next to it. And then you look at beasts and you're like, that's not great because yeah. I can see those two next to it. Um, you cannot have 
some you can't have people around it you can't have right because you know flying down you can't you know you can't have the stuff that fucks with the force perspective because it throws it off i think that's one thing about force perspective that's like you have to take into consideration the context of what you're doing the force perspective in like it is i or i think it's one of the easiest ways to make your force perspective possible Uh um and convincing is that providing some form of context so when we're looking at something like um the beast castle at magic kingdom one of the issues that i have with it is that there are trees right up next to the castle now you're talking about the castle like up in miniature form up in miniature form there's there's little miniature you know tree scale trees Mm -hmm. that are up by the castle and there is no tree that looks like those trees up by the castle that is down by us so that i can understand the relationship of how big that tree is compared to that castle now if it was there it would be a hundred and fifty feet tall, <laughs> right. which is totally possible. You yeah. know, like trees are tall, you yeah. know, maybe it's in a redwood forest or something <laughs> like that. You yeah. know, like, um, there's nothing wrong with there being tall trees next to the castle. Mm. I do think it does a disservice to them because the trees are so tall next to the miniature castle that if they were to put one on the ground, it would need to be a hundred feet tall. <laughs> yes. And that's why they don't do it because right. they can't put a hundred foot tall right. tree in the park. I, I also think there's proximity. I mean, you have these two giant statue carvings of the, I think they're lions or gargoyles or whatever yeah. down low. And literally it's like not even 10 feet. And then it there's feels like, like it. there's like a giant, it's miniature castle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the hell, man? I feel like you can also kind of see like the base of the castle, like where mm. it meets the rock. Yeah. And it needs, we were talking about this, it probably needs like another layer in there to like kind There's, of break up yeah. that With, so you can't see it going actually into the rock. <laughs> if you put a tiny castle in front of a flat facade, it's not going to work. It's not like, going to work. You got you to gotta add a little mm. bit of depth. It doesn't have to be like the... 500 feet of walkway back there, but just another layer that fools the eye or something that helps, you know, get that parallax kind of vibe going back, you know, and helps the eye say, Oh, that's, that's really back, far back there. That's further right? back. And that's why it's so tiny. It's because right. it's farther back there. That makes more sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's another one of those ones where I'm like, I kind of wonder what happened. Like if I feel like if I was art director on that, I probably would have raised a fuss about it and been like, I don't care if we don't have any more budget. We're going to figure, like, we got to figure this out. Because yeah. um, I think one of the other things that's also happening is that the trees that are down in the, you know, mm-hmm. whole little um, bell beast yeah. area, they are all like 20 foot tall trees. Yeah. Right. But they're n- none of the trees are the same type of tree. I really, if I think about it, it's been a bit since I've been to Magic Kingdom, actually. But those trees are all 20 foot tall trees. So that's the only context that you're providing me. So when mm. I see those other trees, I'm like, oh, well then. The castle's 80 feet tall. tall. Yeah, like, like the whole entire thing is maybe 60 feet yeah. tall, which is like, that's not, that's not how, like, not it, that, yeah. exactly. It's not yeah. impressive. And yeah. I, so I think there's just like a weird thing happening with the context yeah. of the trees it's, in that. It's funny. Uh, we talk about, we talk about tools earlier in an earlier episode. If you haven't checked it out, check out the check tools. Check out the tools episode. Um, <laughs> and we talked about VR. I'm, I'm curious how forced perspective, I know in the book, you know, old school methodology from Tony Baxter is like, I don't use uh, anything digital to do forced perspective because a lot of it is sculptural and you have to figure out what details you want to enhance and what you don't, yada, yada, yada. 
But now I'm like, man, VR I, will totally change that. I mean, yeah, right. Like I could be in absolutely. VR and absolutely see that castle and be like, it yes. needs another layer. Absolutely, right. I, I mean, think so. I think it's one of the things that people don't, people who have never been in VR, like, don't understand the like, power, of, the power of what's really happening yeah. there. And I cannot stress enough that it feels three-dimensional it feels like you are in that space and it relates your relationship to the dimensional world feels so real and it feels correct yeah and it's because it is correct because (laughs) it is giving you (laughs) it's literally (laughs) the lens inside the vr headset is creating a three-dimensional in-scale world for Mm. you so i don't think I, I, mean, I think it would be a helpful sculpture, tool now. Sculpture and doing hand models is useful because you can't, from a computer screen, 2D, jump into it, right? Yeah. Like that's why you do a physical model. But now that you can do digital models, yeah, 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 like, like, like that would change how force perspective is done. And hopefully you never fuck up force perspective again. Ever because again. Because you can yeah. literally see it, you know, right, beforehand. Right. So it'd be interesting to see how it, how it progresses. Because the, the physical models are all well and great. And I love, you know, you know me, I'm a model builder. I love physical yeah. models. They're so much fun. Yeah. Um, but there is, um, you almost have to build them so that they're at eye height. Oh, totally. Right? Absolutely. And like they have, people may have seen like um, when they did It's a Small World, I think that they literally built the entire, Mm. or they ended up putting the model like six feet up in the air so Mm -hmm. that you would literally walk through it and your head, your eyeline would basically be at the like water, like a little bit above the water level. There was the old world, was it... uh, Color, Disneyland of Color, World of Color. World what, of Color, yeah. Was that the... Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. Disney show, yeah. And I think Walt was walking through one of those models at one yeah. point, right? Yeah. And they literally yeah. put them up in the air so that mm. you're not bending down and like stretching to see it. You're yeah. really actually putting yourself in a boat with like your eyes are in the boat. And you can see the scene and where it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but unless you're like really doing that and like designing it from that perspective, I think it can be really hard yeah. to, the and only, it's still like, it's still not totally cause it's still in scale. Yeah. Like it's not totally. The, the one good thing about physical modeling is uh rock work and like foam and being able to sculpt it physical and then scan it to digital is like, still a very viable way to do something like that because modeling honestly modeling rock work and digital is hard it's difficult any organic element you just don't you can't wrap your brain around how big it is or the size because you got to rotate it all the time and so I, i still think that's viable but i think forced perspective man once you get those rocks in there and you can drop it in just put it in vr and put it in digital and yeah. you can absolutely figure yeah. it out and i mean there's becoming more tools that um are available that you can actually scan and easily put yeah which is you know, cool yeah so it's cool. really neat yeah. what people are doing yeah. with them and like scanning and complete give, giving complete texture mm-hmm. and like it's yeah. really yeah. it's really incredible so uh jumping from that we'll do another uh, what i think is one of the best examples of forced and atmospheric perspective right so um, we're also going to talk about atmospheric perspective in this episode yeah too. yeah yeah um which is uh cars land um 
Cars Land from an atmospheric perspective is not so off the wall best thing I've ever like, seen in my so life. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, the rock, they did that as a physical model. That's why I kind of brought it up next is I remember seeing that they have a bunch of videos on it of them carving it out of foam and essentially making like a, a smaller model and then a bigger model that they could scan and right. do chips from. And, and like that, the model that they thought of was not only hey, these rocks are bigger down low and smaller up top. That's force perspective, right? Yeah. They also thought, well, the bigger, the smaller rocks up top need to be faded in color. And yeah. then the ones down low need to be so more saturated. This is actually, so atmospheric perspective is the technique of putting atmosphere into your paint colors in order to make something seem like it is receding into the distance. Mm -hmm. And um, we use it, a lot of people who do paintings, like oil paintings and stuff like that of landscapes, they often work it into their process because essentially when you look, when you're on a mountaintop and you see mountain other mountains receding into the distance, you'll notice that as they get further out, they start to um, get desaturated and they s take on a, a bluer or like a purple it, it, hue. It's like it's a fog. It's like there's it fog is. There's that literally gets greatly particulates. Yeah. There's literally particulate in the air mm -hmm. that is, as your Diffusing. eye sees, it diffuses it as it goes. For there's obviously more particulate. Right in front of those very distant mountains as and as you move further away more and more particulate gathers in front of it so that it then creates and like a it, fog in front of these it mountains. truly is something that you don't notice until you pay attention and absolutely observe. because it, it does come natural to the eye to always just expect that because as a kid you're just you know that's what i see whatever and then you actually look at it when you're on a road trip or something and you're like Oh, oh, that yeah. Until somebody points <laughs> it out to you, most people don't even recognize don't even that recognize it's happening. It, yeah. Um, and it's actually what I I would say in young artists, like one of the first things that I notice if they're doing any concept work, like a concept painting, and or they're starting off doing um any sort of you know painting or drawing or anything that they don't include the atmospheric perspective mm. in there because yeah, like you said, nobody's pointed out to you and you haven't noticed it until yeah. then. Um, but yeah, I think on road trips it's like where you really it is it's funny it's like you have a highway and a bunch of empty land and then mountains and you know well yeah and it's, it often comes into play when it's like you have a tree that's right next to you on the roadway and then you have a hill that's closer and then in the far distance you have a mountain mm -hmm. and literally all three of those you'll know that they're green mm -hmm. right they all are green landscape but the one closest to you is very saturate yeah and um, as it progresses further away, they become less saturate. Or dull. Dull Duller, is the nomenclature right. rather than saturated. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, like the hue shifts towards a blue right. hue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Cars Land, they do this technique like master. I think it's like maybe a little heavy. You think so? I think so in like a I, part of it, but... I, I think from the entrance, it looks stunning. Yeah. And I think when once you, you get start getting close, closer, it looks it a, little, a little... Yeah. Yeah. And then the two-tone of the rock 
Mm-hmm. The lower rock versus the upper rock. It's like it's maybe a little heavy, yeah. depending on where you're standing yeah. in the park. But but it's the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then they also do force perspective in that. Um, again, with the smaller rocks up top, bigger rocks down low. But they also have on the ride, they have the bridge. And it's, you know, right when you get off Cars Land, or right when you start the Cars Land ride, it's, I don't forget what it's called. Radiator Springs Racers. Radiator Springs Racers. Springs Racers. <laughs> um, not good with names. <laughs> right when you go uh, start the ride, you go around a couple bends, you go some trees, then you come under a rock, and then you, da-da-da-da, the big yeah. music thing, whatever. Da-da-da. Yeah, it's very, da-da. yeah. And then there's a waterfall, and there's a bridge. Mm-hmm. And that bridge is, like, totally forced perspective. It's very small. <laughs> like, yeah. It's probably, you could walk your fingers on it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so, like, if something was up there that was like a bird which so a lot that's of birds one thing that we've noticed land. that um when we're we kind of make jokes about that when oh, we're totally. there it's like we're in cars land and we're like oh my god that's it's a giant like, bird it's gigantic <laughs> it's attacking because you know that the bridge or the tree up oh, there man, is supposed like, to be like 20 feet tall yeah. but then there's this seagull it's a that's seagull like standing on the bridge yeah it's like- <laughs> so it is like i wonder if it's almost like when you do do that kind of stuff do you have to take into consideration like what do they call that like aggressive architecture mm. where it like keeps the bird yeah, like yeah those little spiky things that like keep mm-hmm. the birds off or whatever yeah because yeah the context of that <laughs> makes it seem like it's a gigantic seagull it really throws it off <laughs> well or the other direction where it's like you know that it's a little teeny tiny bridge because mm-hmm. the seagull is out there and it's ruined right the exactly. perspective of absolutely it, so. yeah so it's it, forced perspective is difficult is what we're saying this is very difficult to pull off yeah um but but there are a lot of other good examples i mean look at um the castles every every single disney castle uses force yeah. perspective which i mean this is almost where i like break it down into categories of force perspective right where there is like ones that it's like it's so subtle that you would never notice it mm-hmm. right and so um, main street in the castles utilize something called um vertical force perspective mm. and that's essentially um um vertical constructions um they like a tower or something they get smaller as they go up so they'll like literally like when you look at a skyscraper from the ground it literally there is a perspective that makes it shrinks it you can draw the lines yeah to into that third Mm -hmm. um perspective point Mm -hmm. and it makes it seem like I mean, in actual real life, it's receding and it looks smaller at the top. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they exaggerate that and they will literally like almost make a cone of, you know, like the turret on the tower will be almost like cone shaped mm-hmm. in order to create that forced perspective. Yeah. Um, so those ones are really um, convincing that like you barely even notice them. Yeah. Um, the other one that I think is harder to pull off and it, I think goes into like a almost a different category of almost like cartoony, mm. but it still works is the horizontal force perspective. That one's trickier because you have to be at a certain position in, on the ground. In the ground. Yes. The vertical works from multiple points because right. it, you know, three dimensionally you can make it work wherever you want, but horizontals like you need to be right. in this spot. Yeah. And the horizontal ones, it's like, it's basically um, horizontal construction such as streets um, or like alleyways, anything like that. Um, they get narrow, narrower, narrower. Is as, that the word? That's Narr- the narrower, word. This, yep. um, oh, by the way, did I tell you this already? Hmm. It is niche or niche. 
Good. Then you I was right. You can say either one. Apparently, either <laughs> one is fine. So if I you guess listen, you were right too. <laughs> I guess we're both right. Okay, Jacob. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, they get narrower as they get further away. So they will literally push those force perspective lines together. Mm-hmm faster so that it makes like it's it looks like it's receding but they're receding it in a small space yeah one of the good examples is uh dca the sunset strip kind of thing yeah um where you just you turn the corner and there's like a big street that leads into the thing and it only works when you're kind of like just right. turning that corner because if you're at the end of it you it's, clearly, you clearly see that the street right. is yeah. like ramped yeah. up and everything's it, forced down. horizontal force perspective works better when you're on a ride um, the, a good example is Haunted Mansion. I mean, Haunted Mansion, one of the first scenes is that endless hallway. Right. And that is not that A huge long. endless it's not, hallway, yeah. It's not yeah. freaking like 100 feet. It it's literally ramps like up. like five and feet. The, yeah, <laughs> the ceiling yeah. ramps down and the floor ramps up yep. and the walls get smaller as they yep. go towards that center point. That's a more classic and better interpretation yeah. for how to use it effectively in themed entertainment. Right, and I think that one you is really good because you don't, you don't really notice the wonkiness right. of it because you said it's a controlled perspective of you in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones like I think uh, in um, the queue line for the Roger Rabbit mm. ride. Yeah. Attract- Is it the Roger Rabbit? I have no idea. At Toontown. Roger Rabbit spins? Yeah, the spin spins. ride. Yeah. Um, in the queue, there's actually like little cartoon alleyways that oh, like yeah. recede mm-hmm. quickly into the distance. Yeah, yeah. And that's forced perspective too. It's just like on a little bit more of a cartoony scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to the point where it's like you you know that it's being that it's forced perspective. It's not yeah. trying to convince you otherwise. Right. Um, so I feel like there are different categories where it's like, there's a very realistic one where we are really trying to convince you that th- you don't even notice it. Yeah. And then there's other ones where it's like, we are deliberately trying to make this feel cartoony yeah. or like over the top by mm-hmm. showing you a little bit how we're doing the trick. Totally. Yeah. As a designer, you have to know if you're intentional or not. Right. Intentional, and you can embrace it or try and hide it. Right? Yeah. There are different methods or ways um, to do it. For me, one of the last um, examples that I want to talk about that I like a different context. It's like I don't need it is um, the Eiffel Tower at the France Mm. Pavilion at Epcot. Mm -hmm. For me, I just I don't need it. And I think (laughs) because I'm not have to have the Eiffel Tower. I mean, mean, I'd almost rather it just be like a small like sculpture in the square mm. or something like instead of trying to make it seem like the Eiffel Tower is back there. Yeah. And I think the reason why I feel like that is in context again to the rest of the pavilions that are at Epcot, like all the pavilions are so close together that I am not convinced that the Eiffel Tower is back there. It's hard it's hard in theme entertainment when you have England and Morocco and Mexico next right to, next to each other. Yeah, and you walked from Tokyo to get to Paris, and you know it's like here's the Eiffel Tower. It's like no, yeah. It's not. I no, it's and not. I guess for me, it like it gets my opinion. It's like maybe pushes it into themey. Like it's a little too themey. Oh, like yeah. we have an Eiffel. It's like you had a, a Parisian themed prom, and we bought a, <laughs> a <laughs> an Eiffel Tower like yes. picture. Th- you know, it's like it yes. feels it pushes it in that into that category where mm-hmm. I just don't feel like it's. Uh, it does, I'm, I'm not convinced of the force perspective. Don't like, do it just to do it. Do it because need, it's intentional yeah. and you have the scene, you have the context, mm-hmm. you have everything working for you. Like I would rather it 
I'd rather you nod to the fact that you couldn't actually put a real Eiffel Tower in here and show me that you can't do it rather than trying to convince me that a forced perspective, like the Eiffel Tower is way back there in the distance. It's like, I don't, I don't believe it. Because again, when you turn around, I see the Epcot ball and it's like, right. I'm like, I'm not convinced. And well, and I might feel differently if so for me one of the things about paris when you're there is a lot of those vistas to see the eiffel tower there's all of those like little neighborhoods mm-hmm. that you see all the like crazy rooftops so maybe if there was a way that it was like you were seeing the rooftops mm. Like of all these little things, like building up in the distance to that, mm-hmm. I might feel differently about it. But there's not enough of that like Parisian clutter in yeah. there to like make it feel like it's really sure there. And again, maybe that's context. Maybe they mm-hmm. needed the context of those other buildings in order to create yeah, a convincing I, I, force perspective. Yeah, moment. I think it's almost impossible to pull off something like the Eiffel Tower in the context that it's in. I mean, even if you made it, you know, small enough or big enough or off to the side, or it's still hard because yeah. I can turn around and I can see the Epcot ball. You know, it's yeah. like Meh. big golf I'm ball. Not, I'm not convinced. Yep. Mm, you know, exactly. That's why I think Cars Land works because when the minute I'm in Cars Land, it's like I am immersed I'm in, in Cars Land. Land. I can't Holy see cow. anything else. Nothing else I exists. I mean, like to the point where I'm pretty sure, like, you can't even see um, the coaster. In no, the you pier. can. Uh, you can't see pier. You can see tower. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's, it's hard that's, to hide that one. You're anywhere. not going to hide that. But other than that, it's like no. I mean, I'm like immersed. Yeah, like, this is awesome. It's yeah. pretty great. Um, the other one I want to talk about is um, the. It's a smaller uh, example, but Snow White's Grotto. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talk about this. It's like a classic blunder. Oh my god, classic. <laughs> like, um, <oops>. so. <laughs> story goes john hench uh very famous designer um been with disney forever um he was making uh i don't know what the original call was for i think it was for something other than this and they just kind of put it in the grotto again i'm butchering it but um he essentially was designing the snow white and the seven drawers right and he was getting some statues from italy that were like made out of marble hard cast and like beautiful statues and he needed to make them so that they were all the same size roughly right well what is same size right (laughs) like like, yeah you know so he made the dopey and sleepy and doc and all them the same size roughly well he sent in the drawings apparently wrong okay so that he made snow white the same size as all All the other dwarfs right so needless to say he he's a great storyteller so john hench got the shipment from italy and they were all the same size even to the point of the deer and stuff no no and like um he essentially uh said or told everybody like oh yeah we you know we've been it was a mistake from you know the manufacturer the manufacturer messed it up and you know we just turned it into this little grotto scene where i put all of the dwarves down low and then i put snow white up high so that she feels bigger (laughs) yeah right and that uh some of the the deer that he made actually he put um i think he put them in the middle ground or something or somewhere but it was so funny because he he had told this story of like oh yeah the manufacturer messed it up but in reality, it was him, and he just used the tool of forced perspective to fix like, his oh, mistake. Yeah, it's cool. No, yeah, it's totally, fine. it was intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put Snow White up top, and yeah. So it's funny if you go to Disneyland and check out that grotto; it's still there. It still exists, and if you look hard enough, you'll notice that they are all the same yeah, size. Yeah, they're all the same <laughs> size. Snow White is just the same size that as all the other That was not intentional. Dwarfs. Yeah, no, not at all. So that was a cool. That was a cool uh, 
example of using forced perspective when you kind of had to. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Forced perspective is actually there, one of uh, my favorite. It's endless. I mean, there is the Matterhorn, the Fantasyland facades. I mean, you could go on and on mm-hmm. and on. Forced perspective is used so much. I mean, it's just a common trick. Yeah. It's just a common trick that people use all well, the time. It's a great in way to save money. In theater, theater. Yeah. Right, because you're not having to build this whole. And it's like if you have limited space. Yeah. Like it, it's just such a, and I really enjoy the cleverness of it when mm-hmm. I realize that like, oh, cool. That one actually tricked me yeah. into thinking that it was, you know, a wider space than it actually was. Yeah. I really enjoy. Totally. And I also enjoy the like more quirky aspects of it where it's like, I can tell this is being intentionally, um, you know, put into forced perspective. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. like seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think that maybe just goes along with the, like a light. I like a lot of miniature worlds and I like miniatures in general and making mm-hmm. models. And so I think it just kind of tickles that part of me, which I <laughs> really enjoy. Yeah. So cool. All another, right. Another tool for the tool bucket. Use, Use it, it designers. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, well, that's all we have for today. That's all I got. Right. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so hope you enjoyed. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed. And, um, you know, I almost said read, rate, 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 read, review, subscribe, <laughs> review, rate, niche. subscribe, yeah. all those narrower, things. You know, um, follow us on Instagram at the ticket, the D <laughs> the ticket podcast <laughs> and on Twitter at D ticket podcast. Know no that. <laughs> um, right. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Produced by Jacob Birding and Tina Savala. Sound engineering by Jared LeClaire. Music by Ryan Mowry. Fact checking by anyone who has an opinion about the entertainment industry. Sound intern and official podcast pup, Oakley, the Wonder Oak, Lindegren. And a special thanks to Jared LeClaire and Carrie Lindegren.